Hi, folks. This is Rick Doc Walker, the DOC. This is John Kime, and you're listening to the Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. What's going on, Rally? How you doing, man? Yo, Ted, I'm doing good, man. I mean, it's it's Tuesday. The weather is, is beautiful outside. We've got Commanders football that's semi-back. What, what else can I ask for? Let's get it. Man, I know one thing I can ask for. Where'd you get that shirt, man? I haven't seen that one. Is that a rally special? No, it's not a rally special, but I mean, you know, you just got to look for it. It's there. <laughs> it, it's there. I can't tell everybody you saw my secrets, but I have to give you the same props. I like the black and white. Oh, that yeah, you man, have I, on my brother. This is the uh, the Sean Taylor helmet. For those wondering, yeah. you got to check it out on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at DMV Mess Hall. You can find all of our episodes there. But I was at the team store because I went out of town and mm -hmm. I got to film a TV show. I'll have details on that later on this fall. Nice, nice. And I wanted to fly into new gear. So I'm walking around the team store and I got this way beforehand, but I wanted mm -hmm. to find something to rock that I could have for the show because they got rules on what you can wear. Couldn't have the NFL logo and some other stuff like that, which to me, I think is ridiculous, but it is what it is. But mm -hmm. everything I saw, they had nothing in my size, man. They finally had a John Allen black commander's jersey. All they had was a small and a medium. You know, mm. they had new polos, mediums, and double XLs, triple XLs. It was just so frustrating walking around. And then I'm seeing what you're rocking right now. You definitely didn't get that from the team store. Uh, no. <laughs> not trying to blow up your spot but i wish they would look at this because I, I do like that man I, I would definitely rock that out yeah yeah well you can get it online man i mean that's where it is okay no. you know i'll text you yeah. i'll figure it out later on i mean you always got some customized stuff i like that uh baseball jersey you had last year you know and i was actually uh, curious you were at the defenders game this past weekend i missed it yeah i was flying back from new orleans and I was watching it on the plane, not the same at all, but I was looking for you in the stands, man. I didn't get a chance to see you. How was the Defenders game? Because it was sold out and on TV, at least streaming it, it sounded loud, man. And I don't remember the last time FedEx was that loud. It was loud. And probably the Giants game is probably when they were, they were that loud. Uh, when we, we pleaded for everyone to come to FedEx for the playoff bound or playoff atmosphere that we had against the Giants. Um, I got to tell you, man, uh, Audi Field is just a nice stadium, you know, even though it's for soccer. I mean, it, it's got a, a dual purpose, as you can see, for football and soccer. And and the, the fans showed up and they showed out. And it's weird going to a game when you're not necessarily – the rally captain, if you will. Okay. It's just, you're, you're just being just a average person. Now, I mean, thank God for the show and thank God for being such a avid fan that I am with the commanders that we are, that people recognize you and people come up to you and say, Hey, uh, rally captain, uh, no W no outfit, no, no nothing. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm just, I'm just a, a normal fan today, brother. You know, I, I don't I don't take on the persona until, you know, it, it's 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 actually field time or game time for the commanders. But uh, it was it was good to see everybody. 
Oh, and matter of fact, I see the picture that that uh, oh, yeah. that the gentleman that the gentleman took, and uh, it was just an awesome vibe, man. It really was. It's fun out there, man. I mean, I went a couple games earlier this season. I just picked up my tickets for the playoff game that they got coming up. I think it's what April thirtieth. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping to see a bunch of commanders slash redskins slash defenders fans out there i was just shocked that you didn't have a big old shield chain hanging around your neck or are you just saving <laughs> that for the playoff game hey brother let me say let me tell you something now if you like to donate for that <laughs> I, I by all means i will rock one but uh i'm a little tapped out man you know what i mean I, we, we we've got a lot of things that are coming down the pipe here uh as far as team travel as far as my travel is SB events travel. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff going on down the pipe that I mean, I, I, I can't spend all my money on everything, you know, so uh, you know, I hear I get a, a rally captain go fund me and you guys can help give me a chain. <laughs> yeah, speaking of tapped out, I was worried because, you know, we just got back from New Orleans, the wife and I spend way too much money out there. We're eating and drinking in New Orleans and hanging out five days in New Orleans is three days too many. Ooh. In my opinion, but it was a blast. Other than I'm not a fan of Bourbon Street. I mean, it just smells like straight piss. I hate to say it, man, but it just and it just so happened the second to last day we were there, it rained about an inch. And I think they need that a lot because that walked around, it cleaned the streets out, man. It actually wasn't too bad after the fact, but in the middle of the day, just walking and you just get like a stench of, it reminded me of being in the Philippines. Mm. You know, it's third world country, growing up out there and hanging out and, you know, sewer systems are exactly the best out there and just walking around downtown, middle of the day, no joke, two in the afternoon, guy mm. just whips it out and just goes right on a garbage can right on Bourbon Street. So it was uh, definitely got a show that I wasn't looking for and a lot of good food though it was it was fun <laughs> definitely not as much fun as you had though at the defenders game it's a trade-off though bro and in, in, in down in new orleans it's a trade-off you know you, you you're either gonna get good food or you're gonna get good pee i guess <laughs> got some amazing food and i put a couple of recommendations <laughs> out there and i'm not gonna name names but someone recommended i go to this one place and i looked it up on yelp and it had four and a half stars and okay. i don't know if our server was pissed but we sat down and I had to do a live hit with Fox five back in DC Friday morning to mm -hmm. talk about what we're going to talk about here in a minute, you know, the sale of the team. And we ordered some stuff. It got to the table and it was just cold. And the beignet you could have used as a throwing star. I mean, oh, it was just bad. And I don't know if that was them just being mad that I had to step away and do that stuff or whatever else. But for the most part, Everything was delicious, and I can't wait to tell everyone when I'm allowed to tell everyone what I was doing when I was out there. But it'll be a good time once we actually get to catch up on that. So my fingers are definitely crossed waiting to hear what you had going on in New Orleans besides eating good food. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we got to hopefully be there. I think they said in might be 2025 when they end up hosting the Super Bowl mm -hmm. out there. So maybe come 2025, we can take a joint trip out there and rocks and burgundy and gold. Hopefully it's burgundy and gold because I saw your tweet to the junks this morning saying they better not take that away from us. Oh, brother, don't. You, you, now they talk about, there are a lot of things that, that you know, so here we are going back through this again, 
when they were talking about the whole rebranding of the commanders and re, or, or making the new name from, from Washington football team to the commanders. And we talked about that before, as far as don't mess with the colors. I don't care what Tampa Bay did. I don't care that Tampa Bay went from their orange to their, to the more of a red looking. I don't care about that. I am a Washington Redskins football team. Now commanders fan, which is Burgundy and gold. And I'm not trying to buy more gear. <laughs> that's not burgundy and gold. But seriously, you want to lose more fans? I mean, that's you, you, the name is gone. So we lost a lot of fans with that. All right. We lost a lot of fans because of the whole name change. All right. We got it. You mess with the color, and I think you're going to lose some more people, and they won't come back. They, they, they won't come back. I was thinking about that this morning. And for those that don't know, I mean, there's a groundswell of Commanders fans, or maybe not Commanders fans, maybe Redskins fans, Washington football team fans that want another rebrand, that want a completely new name, and potentially want new jerseys and new colors. And I can't say I'll be gone, but I'll lose part of my emotional connection with the team if... Mm -hmm they take burgundy and gold away from us. And Cakes on there was talking about, it's like the Raiders being silver and black. It's what you associate them with. The Steelers being black and gold. Those are just yeah. their colors. And yes, we've had three names in way too many years. And I hope to God, not a fourth. But you take the colors away from us, you will lose a large portion of this fan base that will only come back if you consistently win. And it came out last Thursday, Sportico, I think was the first reported that Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson had a formal bid of $6.05 billion to buy the team. So where were you when you heard it? I mean, my phone, I, were at, I was actually on set filming the TV show and I gave the wife the phone and it was blowing up nonstop. And I'm glad I didn't have it on me because they would have been pissed because I had it on vibrate, which has been going off in the pocket the entire time. But where were you when you heard the news? So last week, I'm on my bicycle and, you know, I got everything hooked up to, through to my headset, bone conductor uh, headphones, so I can hear the, the ambient noise, outside noise. And my phone is going crazy and I'm in the middle of this ride and I'm pushing like at 14 miles an hour and my phone is going, is this true? Have you heard? And, 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 uh, and I really couldn't comment because let's face it, man, I'm, I'm getting my ride on bro. And so the first one that came through, I, I thought, you know, you, you, I thought it was a joke because you get so many spoof, you know, new owner emails or, or text or, or Instagram messages or whatever have you. And so I looked at it and I kept, I just didn't pay any attention to it because my mind just wasn't on that. And then another came in and then another came in and then another. And so I'm saying, well, maybe there's some legitimacy to this thing. Oh my goodness. But the group that I was riding with, not to say they don't care about commander stuff, but we're here to ride. We're going to ride. You know what I mean? So I had to I had to, 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 to shelve my feelings for a minute and get my breathing back down so that I keep up with them. But then once the ride was over with, I, I just couldn't believe it. And 
Um, the young lady from uh, Seven News. I think you may have interviewed with her. Yeah, I told, Olivia. I, Olivia hit me up, sent me a text, said, "Can you jump yep. on?" So yeah, yep. same, same. But and I said, "Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I am now. You're not supposed to drive in text. So here it is. Imagine me trying to ride a bicycle in text. Oh, brother, it's not a pretty sight. So uh, they would have thought I was DUI big time. So and I, and I said, "I'm sorry, I'm, but I'm in the middle of this ride. I just." I can't do it, you know, and so, but later on I can. And so she understood, I'm sure, you know, she doesn't get turned down very often, but unfortunately I had to turn her down because I was in the middle of my ride. So, but it was, it was just amazing news. And I'm still surprised, realistic, really I am that, that we've taken two steps forward in this many steps forward process. Yeah. And if you're listening to this right now, it's Tuesday, April 18th at 4.52, and we actually have A.J. Perez from Front Office Sports joining us later on in the pod to talk about, you know, all the commander's news and the sale, but terms of a tentative agreement with the Harris Group have come to light, and it's a non-exclusive bid on the team. So right. what that means is someone else can come in later on offering more money, and they can potentially then bid on the team and win the team. So Darren Haynes, a buddy of yours, came yeah. out with a story on Friday. Fast forward. The Sports Junkies, rewind this a little bit, actually came out with the same story, I want to say almost a month prior, that Brian Davis, let's see, Brian Davis is a former basketball player for Duke. He submitted a bid of a full cash offer of $7 billion a billion dollars more than Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, and Magic Johnson. Mm. Now, we knew about this. We didn't talk about it. You know, the junkies brought it up because there was really no validity in this bid, in my eyes, mm -hmm. and in a lot of other people's eyes. Reason being, the NFL has rules. And going down those rules, the lead investor has to have 30% equity stake in the purchase. So that means Brian Davis, if he's going to do this at 7 billion, has to have $2.1 billion liquid. Brian Davis is not a billionaire. He no. is a businessman that has had some bad business dealings over his time. This is all public knowledge, not trying to slander the gentleman. He played for the Timberwolves. He won a championship with Duke, but reading a couple different articles out there, and we'll have AJ Perez to talk about it here in a little bit. This guy seems like a shyster. That's tailgate Ted's opinion, not putting that out there for anything else, but he's from New Jersey, moved to DC area, went to Bladensburg High School, actually right down the road for me. But from a business perspective, he and Christian Leitner had a lot of dealings. He and Christian played basketball together at Duke. So they did a lot of investments. They tried to buy the Memphis Grizzlies and actually took a loan out from Scottie Pippen. Well, apparently the loan failed to materialize. Scottie sued them to recover his money and Scottie only got back half of the loan. Mm. That's just one deal that they screwed up. Sean Man. invested with them in their company. And Sean didn't get the equity he invested in and actually put a tweet out about it. 
talking about it. And Sean invested $3 million with them and then ended up suing them for $4 million and got that money back. So there's a lot of different dealings with these guys over the years to the point of Christian Leitner ended up going back and suing the BDV company that he had started because he was filing bankruptcy and there was just a lot of stuff going on that they needed to do to pay back all of these different loans. Jeez. So they're saying he has a $7 billion cash offer that, and let me go back to the article here. According to the documents, Davis is going to offer up $1 billion to Snyder within 24 hours. And the $6 billion in addition will be sent seven days later. Well, Davis is also saying he's going to indemnify Dan Snyder. So he won't be held liable for any legal stuff that happens down the road. Now, I'll tell you why I don't think this is going to happen. Number one, because he just doesn't have 30% of $7 billion. He's just He's not on anybody's list for billionaire list. And he sold equity in his intellectual property recently, apparently, that got him a large valuation for his company that people have been having a hard time to find any details about. And the NFL... Mm -hmm has to go through and vet anyone right. that's going to buy a team. Where's the money from? The NFL does not allow foreign assets, unlike the NBA, to own stakes in the company. On top of that, the group can't have more than 25 people in it. No private equity firms, public corporations, or sovereign wealth funds can own any share. So I appreciate Darren Haynes coming out with this because it was a story but then you have all these Commanders fans that are talking, oh, well, slow your roll. Uh, don't worry, Josh Harris, it might not be him anymore. You now got this other guy coming through, Brian Davis and these unnamed investors. What do you think? Well, I think that what he's doing is, as Judge Judy would say, he's puffing. He's doing a lot of puffing, basically, to make himself look bigger than what he is. Uh, also, they don't know supposedly where this money's coming from but i think aj uh i heard him talking about it on on the junks uh that or brian mitchell that looks like his his funding is coming from the is israelis like the, the live golf tour stuff so if that's the case he nuts a no-go so it, it was a good 15 minutes of fame while it lasted so move on and 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 go to the next grift if you I, sh I shouldn't say that but go on to your next business adventure because it's not going to happen here and clearly i think that getting back to the more realistic aspect of things uh, rails magic johnson and um they're, they're the ones who who pretty much are gonna be the front runners in this unless once again our boy comes through but he said that he's not going to touch it. So let's go ahead and get this thing done. Let's dot these I's, cross these T's, and have this parade and be done with it. I'm right there with you. And for those wondering, our boy, meaning Jeff Bezos, saying he doesn't want to touch the team. But let's go to that AJ Perez interview so you can hear what he has to say about Brian Davis and the sale of the commanders and potentially rebranding the franchise from the commanders to who knows what.
Well, I want to welcome AJ Perez from Front Office Sports back to the mess hall. AJ, you can find him at by AJ Perez on Twitter. Has been all over the sale of the Washington Commanders, amongst a bunch of other stuff on his timeline. AJ, a lot of our listeners have been texting, tweeting, DMing, asking questions. What's going on with this whole Brian Davis news? Is this realistic? Or is Josh Harris really the only viable bidder at this point? It still looks like you know Josh Harris is uh, kind of inches away from uh, from uh, taking the team uh, and getting the official announcement from Snyder. But you know, this whole report that came out of Darren Haynes uh, on Friday and before that, the junkies back in back in uh, March, it, you know, I had questions. I kind of just ignored it for a while. And Darren Darren Haynes' report Friday really intrigued me, and I wanted to start dig in to see what I could find. I didn't. I, I talked to some people um, around Davis's camp. Um, didn't get a lot of details out of it. But I did find uh, some LLCs that were created in the end of January, eight of them. Um, you know, that's very kind of strange. Uh, so I, there's still, you know, I have a lot of questions, a lot of, upon what everybody else does. You know, I have, you know, we traced it, it looks, if it's real, it looks like the Middle East. Uh, Davis's camp says Israel. And, uh, and one of my other sources said it could be Saudi Arabia money. Um, but I've covered LibGolf litigation and all the stuff around LibGolf and how they've tried to, you know, launch their rival league to the, PGA tour uh, extensively. So, you know, nobody, none of my sources on that end have gotten back to me and have had verified that, you know, they are indeed funding uh, Brian Davis. So we're left with looking at his past history of failings and business developments and also business developments that, you know, that like pro football network reported like in Atlantic city where that looks like they, no, nothing's happened. Um, you know, he was about $30 million in debt from the, from uh, one North Carolina development. Um, and, you know, he had to basically sell, you know, settle with that and sell, sell his, uh, sell out there probably on a loss. So it's, uh, you know, he, his people talk a good game. It's just, you know, they basically said, we'll show it to Bank of America, who's, who Dan Snyder hired to do the sale. Um, and their hand, and we'll, and we'll provide it, the information to Bank of America and the NFL. Basically, we're not going to tell you basically what is what we're, what, what I was left with. So earlier in February, the Washington Post came out with an article talking about how, the NFL might loosen their restrictions around ownership yeah. because they're having a hard time as franchisers are selling for more and more money to find a person that has percent of that initial purchase upfront liquid. And none of that has been loosened. So that stipulation is still there. Is there a chance that if this bid is real and he has $7 billion in cash, that that could be loosened. And if that were the case, what would need to happen for that rule to, you know, for the most part, go away? Yeah, at the last owners meetings about a month ago, I was trying to figure that out. You know, there's not a lot of appetite to change that 30% rule um, right now uh, among ownership. There are some owners that do, but it looks like, uh, you know, there's not enough to, to, to change the NFL constitution and bylaws, but there looks more likely that, it, that they'll be open to private equity um, investment directly like the NBA and other leagues. Um, you know, there, that's something that's not allowed right now. It's now it's just individuals, not, not corporations, not, not private equity, not anything else. So there's, you know, they could see that, but that's kind of more to get, um, if you own a team now to get value out of it by selling to uh, selling a five or 10% chunk to a uh, private equity firm, you know, that's, that's more of that. And they would be guess part of ownership, uh, you know, potentially ownership going forward. If, you know, if any other team comes on the market, but that 30% rule seems like, you know, that if, even though it's very, you know, it's, we're talking right now, if. $1.8 billion Josh Harris has to come up with personally, I guess it'd be a two point something for, for, uh, 
for Brian Davis if his bid is real. Um, so it's it's that's a lot of money. And it, it, even if you're super, super, super rich, and even if you're like in the top 10, 20 uh, wealthiest people in America, you know, you still have to move money around. No one keeps that much money liquid. I mean, that's why this process takes a long time. It's not just, you know, having to be vetted that you're worth that. It's having to move that money around if it's looking like you're going to be chosen as the winning bidder. And that's uh, and that process takes time. You know, you have to divest either stocks, you know, real estate, anything else you have that, you know, non-liquid assets to actually come up with that number. But that's why, you know, I've, I reported back in November when this all started, one of my one of my banker sources told me, you know, the, the NFL is running, running out, running out of billionaires. Really, they are. I mean, there's the people who are interested in buying a team who want to go through the scrutiny, who want to go through, you know, and then want to own an NFL team, which is an awesome thing to do because, you know, the, the, the valuations have just gone up, um, up and up and oh, so, so far, I mean, you know, 800, you know, the, but when Davis, when Dan Snyder bought the team, it took it took many years for the for the for the next team to sell for more than $800 million. It's, but we're now at, you know, every single time a team comes for sale, it looks like this, this, you know, they're, they're going to get almost one and a half billion dollars more, or Dan Snyder's going to get one and a half billion dollars more than what, than what, um, what the Broncos sold for less than a year ago. It's just, it's, it's, it's we're talking insane numbers. And uh, the, the reason for that really is ha having a 30% rule and having the debt guidelines is they don't want to have an owner come in to and then go and 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 then go cheap on them. They don't want to, especially a team that needs a new stadium. That's the last thing they want. Um, going back to the Davis bid, one of the interesting things I you know that his people told me is that they just want to refurbish FedEx. They want to spend a billion dollars doing that. And I'm, I, I was like, really? I mean, that's like you know I've heard building the stadium next to FedEx, a brand new facility, which could be a little more straightforward, especially more straightforward than trying to get RFK, which would need Congress to act and then you know DC to to, uh, you know, do their, you know, environmental impact reports and everything else. But that's it. But then we have Virginia, you know, somewhere else in Maryland. But yeah, it, it, this is the whole, just refurbing FedEx. You, you can't really, it's, it was what, when Jack Kent built it and it opened 97, it was already outdated. It was, it was already, you know, he built it for $250 million. Obviously we have pipes failing, we have everything else. You can blame Snyder for not, you know, doing, you know, not fixing, maybe making it as welcoming. You know, all he's really they've done is just, tarp over seats it seems like at that stadium so uh you know they didn't really develop anything around it um you know brian davis's people said they want to build like a more like build around there build like you know mixed use and stuff but you know that's this that was that was shocking i, I think i think i think fans you know fans probably really want rfk but they, they definitely want a new stadium somewhere oh definitely i mean being a season ticket holder i would love to go back to rfk but as a dc resident not living very far from that site. I know that the people that live there and the council are not in agreement with the mayor. So getting it there, yeah. there's a lot of different things. Yeah, there's like know. talk for affordable housing they want there. They want you know, more park land. They want they want things that's not going to be NFL stadium where, you know, nine, 10 times a year, they're going to have events. And if it's going to be a dome stadium, you know, they're going to, which is which is the plan, which was Snyder's plan, which I'm sure the next owner will, you know, will actually kind of pick up and agree with. You know, they're, they're going to have concerts. They're going to have other sports coming in. You know, FedEx just sits there. You know, there are concerts there. Um, you know, but it seems like more preferable is going to go to Baltimore to one of the stadiums there, or 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 Nats Park for 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 those kind of concerts these days. You know, they you know they they missed out missed out on holding the World Cup at FedEx. Uh, you know, there's but there's going to be you know there's there's going to be a lot more events than uh, than uh, you know we're at FedEx. So that's another another thing in, in in the column or you know especially with the residents there now kind of not being in favor of you know even having an nfl games there let alone other events definitely definitely and once again we're joined by with aj perez from front office sports and 
it doesn't seem to me that the Brian Davis bid is realistic. And you have a lot of people out there that are claiming, well, let's see what happens. But as far as I'm concerned, it's Josh Harris or bust at this point. And the only thing that I personally care about, a lot of our listeners care about is what is this going to end? And when the agreement came to terms with the Walton family from Walmart and the Broncos, I think that was June 7th of 2022. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the NFL owners did not actually agree to it until August 9th, right around that. Yeah. Date. About so two months. Yeah. About two months. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing here that all of the information was given over to the NFL on the bid mm -hmm. that the owners most likely aren't going to vote on it until May 22nd, the next owners meeting. Does that mean we have to wait another two months potentially after that for vetting or will the vetting be done before the owners actually meet to talk about it? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if kind of Josh Harris is trying to get ahead of the game and try to, you know, share information to spur that along to make a vote at the May 22nd uh, owners meetings that I'll be covering uh, possible. There's, there's still a chance. I think there, you know, Josh Harris is a, is a known quantity. Josh Harris went through the process with the Broncos. Granted, he didn't really get vetted by the NFL, but it, in, you know, like Rob Walton did. But, you know, there's, you know, I think there's an, there's an outside chance at least that, that there could be a vote um, then, but that, it has to be, we have to have an official announcement soon. And if, if that's going to be the case, because, you know, Goodell actually gets the application um, and he could choose to investigate it and sit out or choose someone in an NFL office to investigate before it goes over to the finance committee. That doesn't typically happen, but, you know, usually it's just kind of looked at and like, all right, we're good finance committee do your thing, make your recommendation. And then after that report's done, they schedule a vote. Now there was a two week gap um, between uh, when, the, and, uh, when the finance committee uh, for Rob Walton, uh, when they, they, they gave the recommendation and then they scheduled a vote. So there was a two week gap, uh, you know, also that, that was part of the two months. It was like basically five, six weeks of the, the finance committee doing their thing. And, and, uh, and then they scheduled a vote, they scheduled it. It was a special meeting. So maybe there's a little more, a little more, you could probably cut that part out if, if they can get it done in about four weeks. But it has to be done soon if that's going to be the case. No, it sounds good. I know everyone here is waiting on pins and needles for this to become official. And we had the original owners meetings this past quarter as kind of a date for hope mm -hmm. that it was going to be done by then. And obviously now May 22nd is the next date. And I believe if it doesn't happen at 22nd, the next scheduled owners meeting is not until October but they can mm -hmm. call a special meeting like they did with the sale of the yeah. Broncos yeah, to they, talk yeah, about that's finalizing this. Yeah, they just all flew into Minnesota, which is kind of not the exact same space, but it's all the same same state at least, uh, as the as the, the next owner's meetings uh, next month. Uh, but yeah, so they all fly in and do it. It's like, I, you know, I don't, they did Zoom stuff during the pandemic, but it seems like they're, you know, they're back to meeting um, in person. So that could take some time to schedule to make sure every owner or, you know, at least a, like a large portion of the owners, at least 24, at least, <laughs> can yeah. actually fly into a, to a one event. And I don't, once we get there, it, it's, it's almost impossible that the NFL owners would vote down anybody. So Bank of America would look foolish. Dan Snyder would be back to square one. Um, so once it gets, you know, once it gets the NFL fans should feel confident that, you know, we're, you know, four to four to eight weeks, let's say before, before, uh, you know, their Dan Snyder era, the Dan Snyder era is actually over. So start applying for the parade permits four to eight weeks after everything gets announced at that point. Yeah. Is there a GoFundMe for the parade? I heard, I heard rumors of that last week and I'm like, uh, yeah, you, yeah, you gotta get those permits done. And where are you going to hold with that? I mean, uh, can't really do when a Ashburn. It'd be kind of, it'd be kind of boring if you, if you guys did it here. Yeah. I think going down the toll road in Ashburn wouldn't have the uh, same <laughs> the feeling Greenway, as Constitution baby. Avenue. 
Yeah, but now there's a uh, now there's a uh, you know at least we have Metro Stop out here now. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And AJ, last question I have for you. A lot of fans to me seem to care more about a rebrand than anything at this point. And a lot of other sports publications have been talking about the NFL rule of having to wait five years in between rebrands. Now, what are the odds that regardless of the new owner is, they decide or can apply for an exemption for that rebrand rule? Do you see the commanders rebranding with the Harris group or whoever it may be at that point? Yeah, Brian Davis really should have just hopped on this and said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna call the Red Wolves." I bought the IP. I bought the I bought the trademark. Now, see that that, that was one way for Brian Davis to actually get his because uh, fans care way too much about this. I mean, I think should the shouldn't the priority be getting a new owner in? I mean, it's like the where you know they yes, Josh Harris could apply for an exemption and they could change a team name, but you have he has so much. The next ownership groups have so much work to do. I mean, there's so many things, the revenues are so far down and there's going to be, you know, granted things will become you know, a lot rosier with a new owner, but there's still a lot of work. It, you have to, you have to figure out, you know, we saw the NFLPA report, I mean, Ashford needs to be refurbished in some way and maybe an annex or something in the interim because it depends on, because the next stadium could have, you know, the practice facility and the headquarters in it, depending on where it goes, but that's a long-term thing. You need to make fixes now. You have to make decisions on, you know, even even you know, reviewing coaches, reviewing front office, reviewing the entire organization, where the name is kind of like, yeah, the name's the name, but first you got to change everything around the team first. I mean, if you want, it's I, I understand the name wasn't popular. I don't, you know, I'm not. It's I don't I did you know there is but you know it's there's and and it it, it does it link back to Snyder and people anything that has Snyder's you know fingerprints on it fans want change. No, I think down the road, yeah, I think it'd be considered. I, but no, nobody had talked to, even uh, even Brian Davis's people have mentioned a name change as a priority. So during your investigative reporting between the Apostolopoulos group and Harris and Mitchell Rails, no one's really come up with rebranding has been a priority. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, but we've seen the kind of reports of Harris's group reaching out about you know the RFK side and doing things that really need to be done. Um, you know, a name's a name. You know, I think it, maybe going back to Washington football team, which a name I like. Uh, would be would be fine, um, but you know there's 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 trademark squatters who will want a lot of money for those names, and it's you're, you can you can mount a U.S. patent office uh, or patent trademark off, off patent and trademark office fight to get that name, or you just buy it for a lot of money. Um, but you know the because all the names that pe- the fans want are owned, and you have to you have to either fight for it uh, legally uh, or 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 actually pay somebody off to get it. So that's uh, so that's and even the next name fans are going to have a problem. Oh, well, I don't like this. I don't like that. You can't please everybody. I think, so like, I just don't understand the, you know, I'm, I'm a Dodger fan. I mean, do you think there's any trolleys to dodge in LA? Now there's, there's, there's no street cars. There's a little subway system, but you know, it's not just the Lakers. How many lakes there are, are in LA? I mean, there's, it doesn't make any sense. It's just never, it's like, okay, commanders aren't the, you know, the most glorious, glorious name in the history of sports, but there are a lot of stupid sports teams names out there. And I think it just, but those aren't associated with Dan Snyder. So that I, I, I get that. So, but I think the priority, I think for fans and for the next ownership group is be like, see, just to, you know, figure it, figure things out, see what needs to be fixed. And I could lower the priority list would be it. If I was, if, if someone gave me $50 billion for my IP, I have no idea what I would sell. Oh, <laughs> uh, it would not, I mean, you know, I would focus on that, not the team name. And a couple of years down the road, Yes, because, you know, you don't re, you don't want to rush a rebrand. The Guardians did that, and I guess you could say the Commanders did too. 
uh, because the you know, the Guardians got sued because they took a team name that was actually a roller hockey. I'm sorry, a roller derby team, and got sued and had to settle for that. It was I, I covered that. You don't want you know you just it, it's they're very complicated. There'll never be a fan vote unless you own all those names. The team is not going to do a fan vote. You know, will Josh Harris spend a million, two million dollars getting four or five different names to fans to vote on? And then what? I mean, that's it's just it's it's a very hard process, and it gets harder as time goes on because more you know. You look at the names of some of the, some of the startups. I know I'll watch the South Park episode. Remember, yeah, look look at the South Park episode with, with the with the with with Dan Snyder about about naming stuff. Go watch that. You'll, you'll that's basically where we're at. You know, you can't all the good names are owned by somebody, and you have to. And that it, it's just it's a long process. No, well, I'm right there with you, AJ. I really appreciate you taking the time today. You're one of the busiest people out there that I know. And I know you probably have another interview to jump on after this. So thank you for taking the time to listen to the DMV Mess Hall and talk to our fans here. And for those out there, please give AJ a follow on Twitter. It's by AJ Perez. Also follow Front Office Sports. And AJ, is there anything else you want to promote while you're on with us today? No, no, that's it. Yeah, it's kind of, we, we have a newsletter, frontofficesports.com. You can register, it's free. Uh, and uh, twice, twice on the weekdays, and once on the once a day on the weekends, uh, you get uh, we get our features on the weekends, and every day you get you know, kind of breakdown of all this sports business and culture news. That's awesome. Thank you, AJ. Appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me back. All right. Appreciate AJ Perez for joining Rally and I. We recorded that earlier. Rally wasn't able to actually join, but really appreciate AJ taking the time because that guy is all over everywhere. I mean, every time I check Twitter, he's jumping on, whether it's with Grant and Danny or B and JP or the Junks or Kevin Sheehan. I mean, he's been all over this. So for those out there, make sure you follow by AJ Perez on Twitter if you want the latest and, in my opinion, most accurate news in regards to the sale of the commanders. And it was nice to hear AJ say that from a priority perspective, talking to people that have been in the trenches regarding the sale and the Apostolopoulos group, the Harris group, and the other groups bidding, that rebranding the team was not a priority for them. And I know for a lot of commanders slash Redskins, whatever fans out there, they want us to rebrand. But in my opinion, I want to hear a three to five year plan on how are they going to make us competitive again? What are we going to do to stop being in the basement of the NFC East? And how are we going to improve the fan experience at FedEx? And where is our new home going to be? That's what I care about. I don't give a damn about a name at this point in time. I am tired of changing it. I just want to start talking about football and us actually getting our money's worth when we're out there on game day. What about you, man? Well, I have to echo the same thing. Um, I want to know, maybe not tomorrow, where the stadium is going to be, but at least let me know what where you forecast it to be. Because right now, no one knows. Let's 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 be honest. Um, he could take over tomorrow, and a reporter could say, "Hey, so where do you want the stadium to be?" And obviously, the correct answer. And I'm going to say correct because I'm, I feel as though my finger's on a pulse with everybody else. We want it at RFK. But do we, do we know that? No. You know, we keep hearing Virginia, Dumfries, Loudon, 
back at FedEx, whatever. You have, we don't know. So I'm not necessarily concerned about that just yet. But what I am concerned about is what are you going to do for, as you said, fan experience? What are you going to do as far as pricing is concerned? Because now it's, it's your baby. It's your baby. You, you've got it. And B. Mitch always says the fans want to feel as though we're getting something, even though we may not be. What are you going to do for us? Because from my understanding, the phones at the ticket sales office have been ringing off the hook. Oh, yeah. I'm so, getting tweets from different people saying, I'll see you this fall. I gave oh, up my tickets beforehand. I can't yeah. wait to be back. And, yeah. you know, it was, I'd say that's maybe one of the top 10 hardest jobs in the U.S. is selling Washington football tickets. Not anymore. Not anymore. But before, it was one oh, of the yeah. toughest jobs to try and sell Washington football tickets. At one point, the sales team for suites reached out to me to talk about potentially helping them sell suites. I said, I'm sorry, I appreciate you reaching out, but no, it's not a good deal to buy suites at a game there. I've got boxes all over the DMV and buying one at FedEx is a bad deal. I mean, you heard stories mm -hmm. about how Snyder had one of his assistants pour milk in the suite of the learners a couple of days before they'd come in. So it would smell like sour milk when you walked in. I mean, just stuff like that makes you say, why am I going to invest money in that? But yeah, now hearing that fans are coming back, man. And I just, I can't wait to this fall. I don't want to fast forward because I want to enjoy OTAs and mini camp yeah. and the process, but I'm just envisioning this fall. And one thing I want to send out there is I want to ask our listeners, are you going to be at that first game? Or are you going to be out there tailgating? And I also want to know, how are you going to celebrate? What are you planning on doing to celebrate when the ink is dry, the sale of this team? And I asked AJ, brought it up. You know, the Denver Broncos sold, or they had tentative terms on June 7th. It took them two months later to have the deal final. So I think it was Sportico, they reported, that the deals of the Harris bid went to the NFL to look at. This is not mm -hmm. official yet. They're just looking at it. The NFL then is going to look at the terms and basically redline anything they don't like and send it back to the Harris mm -hmm. group. First draft and, stuff. Exactly. This is common in contract negotiations and going back and forth. And we're talking $6 billion. Yeah. So at that point in time, Harris Group signs off, doesn't sign off. Then they're going to send the official submission to the eight-member NFL Finance Committee to do their review. So the thing that I don't want to say concerns me, but I want fans to know is the Broncos were sold to one person, the Walton Group. I mean, the owner of Walmart, the Walmart family. That took two months. We're talking Josh Harris, who is a part owner of the Steelers. So he has been vetted partially. We're talking Mitchell Rails, who has a ton of money. I get it, but he still has to get vetted. Magic Johnson, ton of money, still has to get vetted. And there are rumblings out there that 
there are other minority owners that are all still going to have to get vetted. So I'm going to tell our listeners, let's just enjoy the ride. It yeah. is happening. And don't freak out if it doesn't happen May 22nd, because mm -hmm. the NFL wants to make sure that all the money is legit. So maybe, you know, they'll have to call another special meeting like they did when the Broncos sold, but it is going to be here. And when that day comes, I'm not going to lie, man, I'm going to cry because I never thought I'd live to see this day. I really didn't. I thought we'd be stuck with that little guy for the rest of our lives and have to luck box our way into winning like we have been the past 23 years. Oh, wow, bro. See, when you say that, it makes me get emotional because I, I, I never thought it would happen either. Um, he's, he's a very young man, and we know how NFL owners or owners of a sports franchise are. Once they're in, they deep-seat their claws, and, and they don't get away from it unless something egregious has happened. Well, obviously – We've had 24 years of egregious activity, and the time has come. Like you, I have my seatbelt buckled. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, this is like the, the beginning of the roller coaster ride when you put that bar over yourself and you're headed up that you're headed up that that first drop. And most of the time, that first drop is the most iconic drop on a roller coaster but that's where we are we, we we're in our seat the bar has come over us and we are starting to go up and we are now kind of looking out at the park preparing ourselves for that first initial drop and like you when it happens look out i mean when i did the interview with uh olivia on abc7 i i legitimately i had goosebumps man just hearing it and just talking about it with other fans. And it killed me not to be in town when the mm -hmm. news came out because a lot of people got together at Old Ox and they were selling the buy Dan beer. If anybody has an extra can, I would love one. I know Rally would <laughs> love one too. Definitely. Because they sold out, man, in an hour and a half of that beer. And they're doing pre-orders now. So you can order it. And I think you can pick it up sometime in May. But just to be at the bar and in that scene and just I know I'll probably get arrested if this happens but when the ink is dry we got to get together at FedEx and just yeah. get out there and celebrate and yeah. pop some bottles together have a cigar if we can't have an open alcohol container in public but something just to be together it's a done deal bro oh yeah Definitely. And I know we're almost there. Don't freak out, everybody, if this goes a little bit longer than we hoped. But it's like, you know, when you're growing up and maybe your grandma is making your favorite dish, whatever it is, and you can just smell it all day and you're hanging out with your friends and you're asking her, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Because you're just sitting there smelling it. You're sitting on the couch playing video games, whatever it may be, and you just can't wait to taste it. That's what this is for me it brings up that memory mm -hmm. and i can't wait for this to all be done and what the future holds for us because we're not going to win right away 
we've, we've got a lot of work to do, but it's the start of healing this fan base and actually getting a chance to talk about football for a change instead of all this off the field drama. And Dan says, you know, Charles Gasparino put that tweet out there saying, you know, I went from 800 million to 6 billion, suck it. Well, sorry, Dan, you're not going to be remembered for that. You're going to be remembered for killing this franchise and putting it on life yeah. support for so long. And I can't wait to be a part of the fan base that helps bring it back to life again. So, you know, since we're talking about Dan, obviously when I heard the news, I made a video of a picture that I took with me and Dan and I got criticized for posting a picture with myself and Dan Schneider. And, but the music was so long for a while, I beat his and goodbye. And people just couldn't get past the fact that I was saying goodbye. You know, that's what I was doing. I was saying goodbye. But people, all they saw was me and Dan. And they're like, how dare you? You're a traitor type of thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, guys. You're not listening to the song, you know, yeah. so long. Farewell. Avita saying goodbye. I bid you adieu. You know, he, he's, he's gone. Or he, he's on his way out. And I don't even think he's even stateside, dude. I think I think he's 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 overseas. You know, they talk about how he kind of made the mass exodus, and, and and nothing is 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 in the office. Nothing is is there. So you know, and I tell people all the time, you are allowed to have your own opinion. You shouldn't be ramrodded because you have your own opinion. Just chalk it up and say okay and let it go but we can't do that for whatever reason we just we just can't do it man oh it cracks so, me up man i mean yeah uh john kine was on with the junks and i was listening to his interview but i missed the beginning part of it because i'm in new orleans i'm streaming it you know i'm an hour behind everyone here so i think oh, when he yeah. was on it was seven it was i think maybe 6 a.m for me and the wife was not happy that we're on vacation and i set an alarm to listen to sports talk so that's a story for another day. But John, during the interview, talked about the rebrand that, you know, we brought up with AJ. Well, the rule in the NFL is an NFL team has to wait five years before they rebrand New Jersey's, mm -hmm. come out with a New Jersey style. So that five-year mark would say, okay, hey, that rule would be the same thing for the team. And you would have thought that I told people that the commanders were moving to Germany or we were losing our franchise, the vitriol that came out of that. And I was just happy to hear that maybe we can take a temporary pause on changing this thing again. Maybe let's focus on the stuff that matters, like AJ was talking about, before we focus on the stuff that doesn't matter to fan experience and in between the hashes. Yeah. But no, everyone was yelling and screaming. I can't believe you like this name, this and that. We need to get rid of it. It's the last bastion of Dan. I was on with Fox 5, and my man Easy Street said the same thing. We got to change this name right away. That's the first thing. And Easy's my man, but I had to disagree with him. And I felt bad because we were on live TV. I'm like, Easy, nah, man. I just, I'm over it. Let's wait and focus on the other stuff before. And they made a joke because... Oh, you just don't want that uh, gear you're wearing right now to be a collector's item and have to buy new stuff. So that's <laughs> a portion of it. 
but I will buy new gear if the name changes. Sure will. But sure the will. thing is, let's just focus on the stuff that matters. Let's not change the name. Changing the name is not it is it's not gonna help us win. No, it's not. And it's not going back to Redskins. I'm sorry, no, oh people. Oh my god, please stop that as well. It's I just I don't I don't get it, man. To me, I would love to know the people that want it rebranded if they're the Red Wolves crowd, because I'd be willing to bet that a gigantic portion of them are the Red Wolves crowd that is just still butt hurt that, that didn't happen. But you know what? Who knows? But Dan, according to the Dan Snyder Yacht Tracker, his jet is now back in Geneva, Switzerland. So saying he's probably not stateside, granted, he might not be on this jet, but his jet is in Switzerland right now. And this was as of April 17th. It was in D.C. quickly, and now it's back overseas. So I think you're right, man. I don't think he's here. They cleaned all their stuff out of FedEx. They haven't been around there. The facility isn't the same to them. Just let's just get rid of this guy and start talking football for a change. And speaking of which, OTAs phase one happened this past Monday. Were you shocked or did you expect to see Chase Young actually show up for OTAs this season? I expected him to be there. And for one reason and one reason only, he's kind of on the hot seat. And when it's, it's like when you're a kid and you did something wrong and you try to do extra chores to make up for your wrongdoing, that's what it kind of reminds me of. Now, Chase is a grown man. We, we know that. But, but he also, he's smart. And the fact that he knows that, hey, I really didn't play as well as I, I, I could have early on. And then when I got back, I made a, I made a, a splash. But the fact is, he knows that he's on the hot seat, if you will. Or he's maybe his seat isn't hot. How about this? It's, it's lukewarm. But he knows that at this point, he needs to do everything right to get back in the graces of, A, his teammates, the coaching staff, because he's got a big contract that he's trying to play for and he's trying to work for. And... Not to say that you don't want to leave, but if you could stay here and, and make your money, of course you want to do that. So I think that's what the big deal is right now. He's got to do everything right to make sure that he's still in play because the last thing you want is to come out in the, the first couple of rounds and be moved on. You don't, you don't want that. Yeah, it's, it's a stigma that he'll carry for the rest of his NFL career. And they are voluntary... OTAs. So you don't have to be there. And it was a big deal last season when he didn't show up. You know, he was off training with, I think it was Von Miller and doing other stuff and didn't come to the team facility. Well, day one, Chase was there. The media is not allowed to be at phase one of OTAs, I believe. And I think this Thursday, uh, Martin Mayhew is going to give a presser for the media. So that's why you're not seeing any pictures out there, any mm -hmm. videos unless it was put out by the commanders. Now the team did do a video saying, welcome back boys. And they showed Chase, they showed Terry, they showed Jahan and Curtis Samuel and other guys out there. So you kind of get a chance to see what's going on, but phase one, and this is from the commander's website, consists of the first two weeks of the program with activities limited to meetings, strength and conditioning, 
and physical rehabilitation only. So not a big deal, but you obviously want guys to be there and be around meetings. And it's also the first time that Eric Bieniemy is officially allowed to talk to his guys about football. Hmm. Now, I'm sure EB's got a burner account and he's texting Sam Howe to get a haircut and, you know, <laughs> hey, this is what's going on with the offense. But it's the first time coaches can actually talk ball with these guys. Mm -hmm. So you want them to be there. And for Chase, the team has until May 2nd to exercise his fifth-year option. And NFL money isn't guaranteed, but you know he wants to have that option and that money in his pocket because they're saying, well, he can use it as motivation to try and ball out like Deron did and earn that paycheck. Well, the team hasn't exercised the option yet. So they're gambling. And I think they're right now in the wrong. I think they should exercise this option because you can get Chase locked up. I want to say it was for 18 million. If he does ball out, you're going to have to pay him over 20 million to try and keep him. And that's saying if you don't tag him. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but who wasn't there that I was kind of surprised was Montez Sweat. Sweat did not go to the team's volunteer workout this morning, not related to contract, according to Nikki Javala, but he did go to the team meeting and will be in position meetings. So curious why he wasn't there. Not that big a mm -hmm. deal in the grand scheme uh -huh. of things. But, you know, it just kind of makes you wonder what was going on. Well, the good thing is, like you said, Eric was there and he can talk football with the guys. That's always a positive because I think for the first time, they'll be able to hear and, and, and physically be able to see concepts that he wants to talk about and implement. So that's always a good thing. Um, Montez, hey, um, he was there. He, he wasn't there for the first part, but he, he, he was there. So we'll work it out. Yeah, Tez, we'll see Tez what knows, happens. Tez knows where he stands. Uh, everybody's more concerned about right now what's Chase going to do. And um, Tez could be a situation where he's like, dang, I've been here all this time. And now all you guys' focus is just on, on my man versus, you know, what about me? You know, so he, he could be feeling some kind of way for a minute, you know? Yeah, he definitely could be. But the good news is there's a lot of days. Eventually, fans are going to get to go to OTAs. Yeah. We're going to get to go to minicamp. The team is part of a perk for being a gold member. Had to sign up so you could meet all the rookies. I think during uh, their session OTAs after the draft, I think that's full now, but they're taking a wait list. And I've got no doubt that we'll get out to OTAs once oh, it comes. I'll be there. Phase two consists of the next three weeks of the program. On-field workouts may include individual or group instruction and drills, as well as perfect play drills and drills and plays with offensive players lining up across from offensive players and defensive players lining up across from defensive players. Mm -hmm. It sounds unbelievably boring, but I can't wait to be out in Ashburn with a bunch of bug spray on and my little fan to try and, you know, stay cool out there and actually watch football. And phase three, if fans don't remember, is when they can do seven on seven, nine on seven, and 11 on 11 with no contact. 
but the team actually got in trouble last year because of a couple of hits and guys going to the ground. So you do get a chance to see some stuff. So when does EB get to give the players the playbook? It wouldn't surprise me if that's something they got now. I mean, you're having meetings, you're installing things. And that's what was frustrating to me when you've got guys holding out. No, you're laying that foundation for the upcoming season. Right. You got to lay that foundation from day one. And yes, it's voluntary, but more so it's voluntold. You should be there. And when Trent Williams missed it, I didn't care. The guy is an all pro. But yeah. sorry, the only all pro we have on our team, I think, was Jeremy Reeves. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anyone else that was an all pro. I know Jeremy was uh, on the Pro Bowl. And on top of that, Jeremy actually signed a new contract. Well, actually extended his contract tender. And he's getting paid $2.6 million. So he's going from a undrafted rookie to this team. And now he signed his original round tender at $2.6 million. So couldn't be happier for that guy. Yeah. And it goes to show you, you, you work hard and you, you get rewarded. And I, I have a feeling that he he'll do well this year and, and he'll even make more money. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that this is the sign of negotiations to start happening with other guys like mm-hmm. potentially Montez sweat, like cam curl, before his dad tweets something out again and says something dumb on Twitter. I mean, someone should have his account locked up. But, you know, they negotiated these things last time before the draft. The draft is just next week. It's so hard to believe that we haven't had football for four months and the draft is here. And it's going to be telling on what these guys want to do based upon who we end up taking those first couple who rounds. We pick up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I look forward to it, brother. I, I hate the fact that I'm not going to be in Kansas City, but hey, work calls, so I, I gotta do my thing at, at the job. But I know what is my bread, but I will be watching it. So, uh, and I will be looking for everyone who made the trip out to Kansas City on the television and waving at you guys from afar. Yeah, I, I was in the inner circle during COVID 2020. So the inner circle is all those fans that are out there hanging out. And we did a virtual inner circle where I had to make a fake man cave in my uh, townhouse downstairs and sit there for hours waiting for the NFL to come back and cut to us so they could show Commanders fans cheering on a Zoom screen. (laughs) But I'm hoping one day I can get out there in person and actually be there for the draft, just like some of our friends are going to be this weekend or next weekend. Well, let's just plan on next year doing it, man. Let's just do it. I'm down, man. Regardless of what we're going to be called, I'll be down there next year. Let's do this. Yep. I'm I'm with you, brother. Hey, thank you guys once again for for watching, listening. Please subscribe. Tell your friends about the DMV Mess Hall. We really appreciate it. Once again, it goes a long way. And you could have been any place in the world, but you decided to listen to us now. Remember, guys, rep it hard, but don't rep it at all. Rally Captain, Tailgate Ted. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Peace.